Hi everyone, Stuart here. Just a quick apology for a slight dip in audio quality in this podcast. We were displaced from our preferred recording studio and had to work in somewhere with not the best acoustics. But we hope that you managed to enjoy it anyway. Thank you very much. where we are continuing on with our series on draft needs for each NFL team. So we are looking to spend around about 20 minutes in each division, making up about five minutes per team, give or take. That hasn't always been the case. Sometimes we're really stretching it out. Sometimes we have way too much to say. We're looking at you, New York Giants. Uh, But this time we are talking about the NFC North, and we will talk about the draft needs for the Chicago Bears first. And it's one of those where we are kind of out of ideas because obviously they recently acquired Khalil Mack from the Oakland Raiders, which got rid of a number of first round picks for them, including this year. So their first pick isn't until the third round and number 87 overall. So uh, what we do, musical interlude? Uh, uh, Well, they used the first round pick. That's it. They so got Khalil Mack. How do you think that their first round pick is gonna gonna go this year? I think it's good because he's probably the second best defensive player in the league, <laughs> and he's a game changer. And that's what you want with your first round pick. I'm looking at teams going. What do you want to achieve in the first round? The Bears have done it. They yes. traded two first round picks for a known quantity. Yeah. Who instantly took them from being an eight and eight team to a twelve and fourteen. Yes. Just by being on the field. Khalil Mack. And they would have won against the Packers if they weren't scared of Rodgers. Yeah. He had done enough for them to win that oh game too. Boy. So if it was... They could have been 13-3 and three after being mediocre yeah. just by adding Khalil Mack. And that's in spite of having Mitchell Trubisky at your quarterback who is like, I like ra- rated Trubisky. on all sorts of different scales. You, 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 you like Trubisky? I, I'm a fan of him. I yeah. think that he, he will get where he needs to go with this. I think mm-hmm. um, Nagy will build a system over the next few years that Trubisky can play and They don't run him enough. Mm-hmm. Every run he makes is more of a ah, I'm going to die kind of run <laughs> rather than a tactical like read option. Um, but when he does run, he's very good. And there's a couple of games last season where he did control the ball very well. Um, they just need to get him to a point where their red zone percentage is high. Mm. And their points per possession is maybe like you know like four possession. They need to just capitalize on the turnovers. Mm. So I think their defense is already there in terms of what they had last year. They might just need to add a couple of pieces. But they have missed out on a couple of guys who walked out in free agency, uh, including uh, Bryce Callahan to the Broncos and Adrian Amos to the Green Bay Packers. So I would say that they do have. A couple of spots to fill at safety and cornerback. Other than that, you're probably looking at offensive line as well. These were guys that, like, because they were on a, a defense so filled with talent, especially at the, the linebacker position and on the defensive line, that was forcing quarterbacks to, to, to throw quicker because they were getting pressured so much. So there is still a, 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 like a good thing to be said for the school of thought that you could put a lot of different cornerbacks and safeties into these positions and they're still going to do well were they a product of the system that they were playing in I guess we'll maybe find out 
depending on where they go next. But obviously, with with what this particular podcast is supposed to be about, it's, it's hard for us to to really get a read on where they're going to go with their first pick in the third round. Um, They've just got they have so much individual talent already. They've mm-hmm. got like last year they took Miller from Memphis. Mm-hmm. He's been good. They've got Trey Burden. Yes, Trey Burden. They've got Jordan, Jordan Howard, mm-hmm. who has like been on people's trade blocks. Apparently, Jordan Howard. Are, like, they're saying he's he's a he's a great running back, but he's not the modern NFL running back. But then they have Tariq Cohen, who is. Yes. So I would so, I would keep Howard because the tandem. Like that thunder and lightning sort of yeah. thing. But I think he's, Howard needs to be free downs to get his numbers yeah. to get. Jordan, if you're bringing in Cohen and moving it around, it's too confusing. Not too confusing. But it's just not the kind of game he wants to play. Jordan Howard is like uh, Adrian Peterson from a few years back. Big in terms of pounding up the middle, taking it, bouncing it outside. But in terms of being involved in the passing game, you're you're next to nothing. You're not you're not really getting much out of him there, which might work for certain offenses. I still think he could be used in that Chicago offense. But um, I think maybe Matt Nagy is just too creative and you'd be, he'd be more suited to uh, a, a power running game. I'd quite like to see him go to somewhere like... Uh, oh, just me. I was just saying Carolina, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere you, could, you could back up Christian McCaffrey. Hi guys, just a quick update on the Jordan Howard situation. So the Chicago Bears have traded Jordan Howard to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for a 2020 draft pick. At the moment, that is a sixth rounder, but depending on certain circumstances, that could rise to a fifth rounder. Now back to the show. Yeah, yeah. depends on where he wants They've to They've taken go. Chase Daniel <laughs> as, a, as a backup. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they don't really have... If they're, ha- they're keen on Trubisky, they don't really have like massive needs. They don't have, they don't have particularly glaring needs. Like I say, secondary's lost a couple of guys, and offensive line needs shoring up. Maybe maybe another weapon for Trubisky might be nice. They've got Clinton Dix in for where uh, uh, they had um, Amos, and a lot of Packers fans are upset that they're now paying Amos twenty four million, and the Bears are only paying Clinton Dix three million, and they don't see much difference in talent, especially mm. for one year. Mm. So I think they've kind of shored up that position a bit, maybe a backup. A project yeah. for when Clinton Dix comes off the roster, they have someone to go straight in. It depends on your perception of Clinton Dix. Uh, he's floated around the league uh, this this last year. He's at Washington, who uh, traded for him. Twenty six. Yeah, he's still very young, which is he's crazy. Playing, he'd be playing with one of his teammates because, um, from what I can see, the uh, the free safety Eddie Jackson. Oh yeah, Eddie Jackson is the same age and went to Alabama too, so he's going to be playing with a teammate from mm. Alabama so I think there's a bit of cohesion there um, you know there's something that could work out really well but they've just uh, got such a strong defence I think if they can upgrade on Taylor Gabriel in that slot position I think that that might be worth it curveball you're missing Vic Fangio a defensive coordinator though and he knew how to use those players that he had at his disposal uh, they've got Chuck Pagano he's a good defensive mind himself but as long as it's not Hugh Jackson yeah, <laughs> that um, that that lack of cohesion from or, or sort of follow on from uh, what Vic Fangio was doing last year. It's going to tweak things. It's not going to be quite the same machine as you had last year. So we'll see just what Chuck Pagano manages to do there. But uh, good, good for Chuck. Good to see him back there. 
Moving on from Chicago, we move over to Michigan and go to Detroit. The Lions, they're not quite in free fall, but um, they've really not been all there <laughs> over the last few years. They come in at number eight overall in the first round and could do with getting a cornerback. Uh, there's been talk of them uh, getting a tight end. But now, this is something which we've discussed a little bit. We've been looking on draft boards and we're seeing as many as four tight ends being taken in the first round, which to our mind is ludicrous because, first of all, the tight ends that are there, they're not. They don't look like perennial pro bowlers or anything, like right off the bat. I mean, they look good, don't get me wrong, but top end of the first round talent, they've got people take, like, got the Broncos taking uh, Hawkerson or uh, Noah Fant with number 10 in some cases. If you're going to take a tight end that high, you need to know that, putting it from Detroit Lions point, that you're getting the Megatron of tight ends. You're getting (laughs) a Gronkowski type who's going to win you games. I think at this level of the draft, you need to be picking players who are making such a big impact on your team they're raising your win percentage by three points, three, seven points, just by them being on the field. You need to be taking players that you can kind of trust to get there. I've seen a couple of fan um, projections for Detroit where they're saying that they're looking at Brian Burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen some things for that as well. Um but there's going to be a lot of talent available at eight. Yeah. I if it, it, I was to throw a curveball and oh, oh is he? He's winding oh, up. Here to, comes the curveball. Do I it. The Lions, just because of the Ohio State, Michigan, oh. Haskins at eight. You you think Haskins is still going to be on the board there? He probably won't. But if he was, I'd take him. Oh. Because I think okay. Stafford needs to get help. Oh boy, okay, so you think that this could be the beginning of the end for Matt Stafford, potentially? I don't know if it would be the end. I just it would be interesting. It would be very much do something and do it now Yeah. to Stafford. And if Stafford does a lot, then they can move him on. Could light, light a fire under him, yeah. And like it can be that kind of case that they can keep him a couple of years and then you've got yourself a... a, a Someone that's just so entwined mm. in that kind of Patriots way. It's Patricia, so it's going to be structured, it's going to be well known. So I think to replace Stafford, they're going to need to have a quarterback that's been there a long time that comes in to play behind him. Otherwise, I don't think it's the kind of system where they're going to get a player in the draft, start him, and then be successful within a couple of years. Mm. I, I mean, I, I really, I really want to want Matt Stafford to do well. I think his his numbers have dwindled a bit since Calvin Johnson retired. Last last year was definitely a down year for him. It was his first sub four thousand yard season since twenty ten when he was out injured after three games. He... What do you think about the idea that they just keep taking running backs until one sticks? Don't like that. <laughs> so don't don't do that. That's that's ridiculous. I think that well, they, they, they need another edge rusher. Need another wide receiver. I'm not really sure what people have them doing outside of uh, taking someone like Devin White, uh, who 
we've said may already be gone by this point. I think he will be. I think he's the biggest. Um, outside of the top three, he's well, not including the quarterback, he's probably the the most clear player that's going to achieve something. And yeah. I think he just. I think he'll be gone. I think Tampa Bay will be quite heavily ahead. There's, there's only so many picks ahead of them, so you could still have someone like Josh Allen potentially there. Montez Sweat could still be there if you're wanting your edge rushers. Uh, They've got Flowers and Snacks Harrison. Yeah, but you need some help. I think. Yeah. Like 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 Snacks is your run stopper. He's not your pass rusher. You need someone who can get to the quarterback to try and help out other positions. Also, uh, cornerback, I could I could really see Greedy Williams going there. Uh, he seems like the sort of guy who would look really good in a in a Lions uniform and could really do a, do a job for them. Would you stick with Slay and Diggs? Slay and Diggs were pretty. Solid. I think Darius Slay, I really rate, and you just have him up on the other side. You could maybe start Williams uh, in in the, in the slot originally. Although, like, it's in, like he's he's really he's a rangy corner. He's a, like six foot two, hundred eighty five pounds. He's lanky. He's, he shouldn't yeah, really be a big tackler. So, if you look at the NFC North, and it's like said, to win in the NFL, you need to win in your division. Chicago have Tariq Cohen, who's dynamic, and then they have a couple of players on the outside that can make plays. But then you got Green Bay. They got Devontae Adams. They got obviously got. Aaron Rodgers at quarterback they can make throws um, and then you got Minnesota who have Diggs Phelan Rudolph they really do need to maybe look at just defending against the pass mm-hmm. and staying on the field getting if so if they can get a cornerback who's a bit of a ball hawk and can intercept some of Phelan and Diggs' runs and things like that and, and give Stafford more attempts to score mm-hmm. then they might win a few games in their division. But they seem to be in a... It's kind of like the opposite of like the Patriots and, and some of the other teams where it's just so close every game. Like, they're not going to play... You know, the Packers aren't going to miss four field goals against them. <laughs> you know, it's... Every game is so close that you've just got to try and get an edge there at any point you can. And having the eighth pick in a draft is a turning point for... A, mid-level team in the NFL you mm. need to take advantage of the fact you're 10 positions higher than you normally are mm. and and pick up someone who's going to make a difference against teams who play often yeah the the Lions do have uh, nine picks in the draft this year so they've got an option to uh, pick up as much as they can and see what sticks they are another one of these teams that I have maybe taking a wide receiver in their second round pick so again Enkeel Harry AJ Brown <laughs> Kelvin Harmon sort of territory. Does Amendola make a difference for them though? I don't really rate him anywhere other than the Patriots, to be honest. Like he's never really done anything other than in the last year. Sorry, he's never really done anything in the regular season. Yeah. Play, playoff Danny. That's it. <laughs> like that's just that's just what he is. He's got his brand. And he needs to stick to it. Like he should just like hang around. Uh, until mid part of the season as a free agent and then get picked up by a contender because those are the people who are going to be able to use him. So if they've got Karen Johnson. Yes. They've got Stafford. They've got Marvin Jones. Yes. And then they've got Amdola in the slot. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for a right wide receiver to pair with Jones? I want someone on the other side. 
I don't like. I, I don't think Amendola is so like. If it's a, straight line running, would you consider Metcalf at eight? At eight, no. <laughs> that, did you hear how quick that one went in? There's no need to edit that one out. Absolutely not. No, Metcalf. I like the idea of just having him in as a straight line runner. But if that's the case, like you, you, you can just cover for that. You can allow for that. You can't just put him in and say, "Well, he's going to go over the top." Because if he's going to be coming like cutting back or anything like that, then we'll be able to stop, have a cup of tea, then go back up and pick off the ball. They do seem like the kind of team just because historically it might be a bit different Patricia but they seem like the type of team that might be tricked into taking a tight end at eight because other teams are telling them they're going to take a tight end well I guess since it's been uh, drafted by sorry mocked up by some people we may as well mention them real quick top ranked tight ends in this class are TJ Hawkerson and Noah Fant both from Iowa what do you know? <laughs> I'm assuming they're quite big I've seen Hawkinson's yeah. highlights. He's a very talented guy. He can catch over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of tight end that will block and then run straight lines, and you can play those little lob passes to him. And he will he will go up and get them. I can see teams being tricked into thinking that it's there, especially if tight end's good at blocking as well. Mm-hmm. It kind of shows up that offensive line a bit for running plays and and play act, play action. But they've got it. You need to get a difference maker at eight yeah. if you're the Lions. You need to be going and telling the Bears and the Packers yeah. and the Vikings that you're there for the challenge. Speaking of teams who are surely going to be thinking about picking up a tight end, the Green Bay Packers will be one of those. And they are picking. Is Jimmy Graham not working for them? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently, age has caught up with him. And he's somehow not the player that he was before. Either that, or, or Aaron Rodgers is just not throwing him the ball. Yeah. You know, it might be something to do with the fact that he's still taking plays off, which isn't ideal. So now Max Summers retired. Um, mm. There's small little petitions of the Ringer and some of the NFL oh, network to, na- to now call it the Max Summer trade, not the Jimmy Graham trade, <laughs> because he's been so much more successful mm. as a from that trade that he was probably the better player. Jimmy Graham, uh, a few well, actually, a few years into his NFL career, some people were saying, this guy's better than Rob Gronkowski. He should be well up there uh, with all sorts of considerations. He was getting ranked ridiculously high on everyone's draft boards because he was just catching touchdowns left, right and centre. He was picking up bombs. He was looking like a Randy Moss who was playing at a tight end. Uh, well, to be fair, Randy Moss at times did look like a tight end who was somehow running a four-two-four-eight. Moving away from Jimmy Graham, chat. Uh, Packers have on the offensive line they could do with some help. They seem to like their wide receivers, but I still think they're quite thin. Oh, well, Devonte Adams is very underrated in terms of like in the big conversations of the big wide receivers. But mm. His production is off the chart. Yeah. with Rodgers, so he's a big red, red number, zone threat. They have their number one. And for me, this whole thing with the Packers is they have to put this... It doesn't, like... Rodgers can move around, so the offensive line needs to be 18th in the league. It just needs to... It just needs to be on the field and helping Mm. rather than hindering. And he just needs weapons. If I was the Packers, um, I would be looking much more closely at what's happening with Jacobs at running back. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Jones and Jamel Williams no um, a lot of people are pretty high on Aaron Jones when he's fit and not suspended 
But and a if, lot of these guys have really struggled to um, that's play in the same team as Rogers. I think yeah. if you're coming from Alabama, you've won championships. I think that he's probably going to be off that. That's mindset. probably a good under the radar pick, actually, because he is the sort of player I reckon he would work pretty well in the backfield. He could take some of the pressure off of Rogers, providing that he's used correctly. Which, if you've got him, why would run him in a straight line? Mm. Like the Rogers just needs someone who's not going to drop the ball mm. at running back. Mm. How many times has it happened to him where he's walking Can up? You swing it out to him as well. Yeah. Like that's you know, uh, there's there's options well, with. Uh, he wouldn't be the first uh, running back coming off the board if he um, wasn't. Yeah, able to catch the ball at the backfield because just because of the way the yeah that's the game's going. That's the that's the part of his game that I think that he could really contribute to Green Bay with. Well, if so, he did go there, going from Tua Tagovailoa to Rogers, it's not not oh, bad. Oh, a, a step down. It's not bad. Eh? <laughs> Obviously, Tua's um, you know, like God green So it's not on our on most a lot of the boards, but I just think they've got three picks in the top fifty. I think they need to try and get the best running back possible. They are a team that just need offensive weapons, and I think running back in terms of production, they don't really. You can cookie cutter running backs in, but to me, I just don't think they've got any. Like mm. Williams and Jones are good, but they've dropped the ball. Yes, and can. that's what annoys Rodgers. Yes, and if he's annoyed, he doesn't play well. Yeah. So he just needs to have consistency. Jimmy Graham didn't do it, so they're. To me, they're the kind of team that just need to pick up as many offensive weapons as possible. Mm. And the defence should just take care of itself as long as you've got... Do you still think he's the best quarterback in football? And Rodgers? In terms of mm, well, option talent and coming back? I think he's, he's get, getting on a bit, slightly. Would I take other players over him? Probably. Um, but only for my franchise going forward. He's, he can still do things that no one else can do, and his, his, his poise is incredible. Obviously, we have heard the occasional strange rumbling about uh, his uh, attitude, but... I think that's just because he's had no talent. And yeah, this is what I mean you're going to be frustrated, uh, but this year they've gone out and they've done something in free agency. They've gone and picked up some, some big guys on the defensive side of the ball, which will be very important. They've had to move on from Clay Matthews, but he's not quite been the same player as, as he was a little earlier in his career. Sad to, be, sad to have him moving on I've got a couple of mates who are big Packers fans who will miss him but uh, he will leave a lasting legacy there so moving on from Green Bay actually very quickly so you're saying with Green Bay you think Josh Jacobs with their first pick because they've got two picks in the first round yeah, actually yeah, 12 and 30 to be honest with that pick I'd be taking Jacobs 12 mm-hmm. um, if he's still there I think mm-hmm. he will be because I think the, the reach is going to be on Metcalf yeah um, and probably a tight end. Yeah, you might that. like in uh, like thirty. I think someone like Marquise Brown would be a good uh, yeah. pick if he's available. But they might look at it and go, "Well, certain players are still on the board, so we can trade that thirtieth pick yeah. for another second round pick." Thirtieth pick would be a good place to go for a tight end as well. Uh, so someone like uh, T.J. Hawkinson, if he's still around, or Noah Fant, who is more likely to be around, that's an option for them there. Um, moving on, we have the last team in the NFC North to talk about, the Minnesota Vikings. Offensive line is what they yeah. did. They are they screaming out for a really good line. defensive line for like three months when they had Bradford. And then, and so they had Bradford and Peterson. They seem to have this amazing 
offensive line that they went 4-0 and mm. with Peterson hobbling and Bradford playing and it just seemed to fall apart like what happened they just did players I'm assuming some players got injured some players just weren't the same some, some they thought they were going to be free agency happened uh, players who were were once up there just kind of fell apart so yeah it's just it you need to have an offensive lineman here if possible providing there is someone of value still available there because their uh, first pick is at number 18 overall so we're assuming Jawan Taylor is off the board by this point so you might be lucky enough to get Jonah Williams out of Alabama uh, would be the probably the second one coming off the board there You've just got to try and protect the guy that you've paid your silly money to, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I think they, 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 their scheme, good. like Greg Little, might work from Ole Miss. If he's, if they're, if they like him, then he could be a bit of a reach at eighteen. But if you know, this is where the trouble is. Um, so many draft analysts say that you want to go into a draft not needing a player. At a position, you yes. want to be able to take two or three. You have to have they other options. They need an offensive lineman. Yes. And to me, they should have just paid someone that came up. Mm-hmm. Or they, they should have been all in on trying to pay silly money to a player that's coming on free agency or trading for someone and just giving an offer that's irrefutable to a team that doesn't that can maybe move on from an alignment like mm-hmm. the Colts who might be able to give one up. And yeah. get one back later, because they've got more time. The Vikings need to win now, so they're looking at eighteen. And if John Taylor and Jonah Williams are gone, you probably still go Dillard, for Dillard. You've got Dillard; he might be gone. You've got Lid- and so I think Liddell was probably going to be a reach for them at eighteen, just because they really have to fill that position. Could potentially trade down a little bit, get some, get themselves some more picks, also pick up. Uh, someone else a little bit later in the in the draft that will probably depend on who wants to move up uh, you might have players deciding sorry uh, teams decide that they want to move up in order to take uh, a quarterback at that sort of position perhaps yeah there's there's a few ways that they could go with it but it just it just depends on what's happened before them it, it, it has to be an offensive tackle if there's someone good enough there otherwise they've got a couple of holes here and there we're not really sure what's going on with their running back situation uh, since um, oh, what's the Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook. Everyone was so high on him when he first came into the league. Suffered his terrible, terrible injury, which ruled him out. Then he came back last year, and he was patchy at best. But still, was that his fault? Highly unlikely. It's surely, definitely the. <laughs> it's the offensive line. It's definitely the offensive line. It's actually, to be fair, he only played double the snaps last season mm. when because there was no point in trying to utilize him injured mm. before. So he hadn't had a chance to really get his legs under him. He's still averaging four point seven yards mm. per carry for his career. Yes, but that's the big thing for me is that he's only got four touchdowns. So. The Vikings seem like the kind of team that are picking, they're going for tight end plays to Rudolph in the red zone mm-hmm. rather than running their running back. Yes. So that's maybe more of a scheme issue than than his problem because you see so many players eat up like these touchdowns and these attempts because they always get the ball 
And I think the Vikings are much more a pass first. Mm. I think you kind of have to be when you're paying guaranteed money to a quarterback who can yes. pass. Yes, like people have all sorts of different opinions on Kirk Cousins. I have previously said that I am a fan. I, I I do see him making a lot of the throws, but he is just a very careful guy a lot of the time, and you sometimes need a gunslinger. You need to be able to tell Kirk. Like, right, we need you to go out there and you need to make something happen. And that's just where he's fallen down previously. And maybe this will be the year where things will all come together for him. He's got, he's got weapons at wide receiver. He was actually making, in the early parts of last season, really ridiculous throws. I think, what, what was it in the, was it week one or two or something like that, where he had that throw through to uh, Adam Thielen, which had a probability of 5% of being caught threaded between two defenders incredible he can make the throws he's got wide receiver options Kyle Rudolph's still a good tight end he just needs time yeah he's a very solid player and he will win the Vikings games so I just I, I don't know what they can do they've committed to him they just need to build talent around him so they can Mm-hmm. achieve what they want to achieve but they're in a very difficult division I was just going to say a very interesting division just as we as we wrap up I'm going to ask you uh, who do you see winning this division at this stage? Uh, the Packers see, see the Packers coming if, back if in? if Rodgers plays 16 games the Packers will win the division um, so you think that Chicago are going to regress a little or what's going to happen there? or like because like, it's one of those divisions where it could go any way other than Detroit so <laughs> Yeah, it just it depends. It's all schematic and uh, personnel. <laughs> of course, it is. That's the nature of the game. I, I don't know. I, I still I still see it going Chicago's way, but Minnesota sneaky, sneaky, always sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. The feeling and digs. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely uh, room to grow there. Okay, so that'll do it for the NFC North. Uh, please tune in next time or go back and listen to some of our previous content, for which there's not very much yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Goodbye.